Welcome to the 1720 Podcast. What does it mean to be a leader? What does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? As most of us are painfully aware, there's a storm on the horizon. And this storm seems poised to destroy us all. The world is gripped with fear. Many of us are asking questions like, how will we survive? Where will our next paycheck come from? Some of us are online sharing these concerns and, frankly, adding to the fear. The illusion of control has finally fallen away, and we are all left wondering what will happen. Who will save us? What does it mean to be a leader in this time of turbulence? Well, this is a topic we discuss a lot at 1720. You see, real men are men who have been tested, and they know what they're made of. Only because they have been tested. Can they really know? As Mike Tyson said, every man has a plan until they are punched in the face. Real men and real leaders seek out times of turbulence because it is only in turbulence that they can be tested, that they can know that they are not only have a plan, but know it is a plan that will survive the first punch. The disciples of Christ were not yet men who had been tested. Sure, they had done miracles in the name of the Lord, but their faith had not yet truly been tested. Jesus demonstrated he was a man who could take a punch and keep steady. Perhaps nowhere in the Bible are there a set of verses that better illustrates what it looks like to be a leader in turbulent times than those found in Matthew 8, 18-27. First in Matthew 18-22. Jesus outlines the cost of following him or being a leader in his church. Many want to lead, but they don't want to give up what they have. In reality, they only want more, more glory, more responsibility, more recognition. They want to be seen as leaders, but they are not ready to make the trades a leader has to make. In Matthew 8, 18, One such man boasted, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. To which Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. In other words, do you want to lead so bad that you would give up everything? In 1720, we call this the necessity effect. Do you know what your necessities really are? Is following Jesus your necessity Or is it having a home, or affording a car, or feeding your family? In this time of uncertainty, I have seen many call on the name of Jesus. They call on Him to cover their mortgage. They call on them to help make their car payments. They call on Him to cover their kids' tuition. They say, as good Christians do, God is my provision. While this statement is absolutely true, the things we trust God to supply— tell the true story. We trust Him to supply the life we have grown accustomed to. However, if we want to be a leader, if we want to be Christ-like, you need to know what your zero is. Zero is that place you are willing to go to get what you want. Jesus was willing to go to absolute zero and be nailed to a cross. You know why it's impossible to beat a suicide bomber? Because for that person, he is willing to go to absolute zero. There is no threat that he fears. 
He has counted all as lost. In the West, our answer to this problem is to give the person something to live for. We offer them education, jobs, a future. The theory being, if we can make him want something more than his zero, we can control him. Make no mistake, Satan knows the same strategy. He has given us all kinds of things that we want more than Jesus. Things we manipulate Jesus to get. We are good Christians so that we can be blessed with the things that will only be used to control us later. Look, I'm not suggesting that you become a suicide bomber. These are sick and twisted people. But I am suggesting that as a leader and follower of Jesus, you must be willing to burn it all to the ground for the sake of your faith. It is only when you are ready to give it all up for your neighbor that you can truly love your neighbor as yourself. It is only when, as a leader, you have established your own zero that you can really lead. In this time of craziness, do you know what really matters? Or are you concerned about losing stuff that doesn't really matter? Can you lose your home and move in with family? Can you lose your car? Can you tell your kids that there will be no college this year? Can you lead and teach your family what really matters? Put simply, can you be Job? Can you be Joseph? Can you serve from a jail cell? Can you serve from a place of total loss? Can you honestly say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord? When you can, you have taken your first step to being a Christian and a leader. It is only when you establish your zero that fear subsides and you can focus on the task at hand. In Matthew 8, 23 through 27, we see Jesus do just that. The task at hand, get to the next teaching location and get some rest. So Jesus climbs aboard a boat, but not soon after, a massive storm arose. This storm threatened to destroy everything. Yet Jesus was focused on what mattered most at the time. He was asleep. Instead of taking a cue from their leaders and catching some sleep, The disciples assumed Jesus, the master of the universe, God in human form, he must be missing something. Perhaps somehow, in his infinite wisdom, he missed the minor detail of the storm. This sounds a lot like the cries we hear from Christians today. Perhaps Jesus does not know about the coronavirus. We could be using this time to demonstrate the peace and faith that God provides us by sleeping through the storm. But instead we say, oh, oh no, no, we trust Lord, the Lord. He's got us. But just in case, perhaps we should pray for our crap. Perhaps we should explain to him about the severity of the storm and our pending loss. So the disciples, well, they distract Jesus from one of his goals to get some rest. They say to him, Lord, save us. We are going to drown. Perhaps they thought a storm could stop Jesus from accomplishing his first goal. So they thought they should interrupt his second goal and wake him. How does Jesus respond to their fear? Jesus said, Oh, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up, rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. You see, the next verse reveals the problem the disciples had. Frankly, it's the same problem we have. Matthew eight twenty seven states, The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. What kind of man is this? 
That is our core issue. We really don't know the God we serve. We think somehow he is missing the storm. We don't know our zero. We value things that don't really matter. And Matthew 6.33 says it best. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seeking the kingdom first must be our zero. It is not the thing we do in the storm to protect the things that had been added. It is the only thing we need to do. It is all we do. It is all that is needed. When you know what matters, you are not afraid of the storm that threatens stuff that does not matter. And nothing threatens the kingdom of God or his people. You know what? In this time, be blessed. I want you to know that I'm praying for each of you. I'm praying that you may come to know your zero and seek first the kingdom so that you can be the stone-cold leader and follower of Christ the world so desperately needs. God bless you. And don't forget to tune in to the next 1720 podcast. Thanks.